Welcome to episode 3 of Irish Startup Nation. Today we'll be talking to Jane Renane, one of Ireland's prominent female founders. Last year she was listed as one of the Irish Independents 30 under 30 shaping Ireland's future and her company also got a mention as one of the top 20 female startup companies in Ireland. Today we'll be exploring how Jane came to be an entrepreneur and how she ended up where she is today as co-founder and CEO of Connect Again an exciting startup in Dublin and San Francisco that's revolutionizing the area of alumni relations. Remember that all of today's show notes are over at irishstartupnation.com, where you can also sign up for our mailing list to get notifications of new episodes. With that, let's get things started. Episode 3, Harnessing the Power of the Alumni Network. Welcome to the show, Jane. So, Jane, to get us started, could you give us a quick overview of your background and maybe we'll dig a bit deeper into um, how you got to where you are and then into Connect Again? Sure, no problem. So, I graduated from university in 2012 and I studied a government and public policy degree, so I had absolutely no um, experience in the, in the business sector before. So what I do is I'm the CEO and co-founder of Connect Again, and we provide alumni relations software to institutions around the world. Fantastic. As you said, uh, no background in business, and you're in UCC. What were some of the, the first stepping stones towards being a founder and CEO? What were the things that helped you on that path? Yeah, so I think I found out pretty quickly that I wasn't really going to be a politician or have uh, a career in politics. So I kind of wanted to branch out the, mo- the most I could. I really get to find out what I thought my skills were. So I joined a society called the Entrepreneurial and Social Society, which was a really um, credible society. And quickly it became the first female president of the society, which was pretty cool. So, you know, I was really inspired by, you know, getting to meet so many different entrepreneurs. And we had some great entrepreneurs over my time there. So I learned a lot. And I think, you know, I was really inspired to to know that, you know, people are start off with this tiny idea and they can blow it into this, you know, multi-billion dollar idea. So I was always really intrigued by that. Um, so I guess for me, you know, you know, at 20 years of age, I was head of a society with 20, 20 members on it and bringing people away for mystery tours in Liverpool and just really learning a lot about when it came to management. So I think that's kind of where, where the seed started. And I was also lucky enough that my parents were self-made entrepreneurs. So it was always very much encouraged to myself, my older brother, Barry, to, to actually to go and start something was always kind of an OK route to go to. So, yeah, it was a, a great society, really engaging the student body in entrepreneurial endeavors. One of the things you had going on during my time there was the, the Big Ideas competition. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what that was in case we have any UCC listeners that want to get involved this year? Yeah, quite. So th- this was an idea really to encourage students that, you know, you didn't have to do a commerce degree to become an entrepreneur. You could do anything from arts to engineering to medicine to start your business. So. The aim of this really was to encourage students to, you know, if you had an idea um, to go forward with it, you know, it was a really great competition and we had Google and Accenture on as sponsors. So we got down to, you know, 15 finals year students and these people came from, you know, every spectrum in the university. And it was amazing. We brought 15 students up to Google and Accenture and they got to meet some of the top people and really brainstorm their ideas. And then at the end, they got a nice check from our local enterprise board to, you know, encourage them to go forward with their idea. So that started when I was in university a couple of years ago and it's still standing today and you know people seem to really love it it gives them that bit of confidence and encouragement to you know to go forward with their ideas great yeah it was a fantastic idea just to give people the opportunity to try and I guess nurture the technology or the business idea 
out of the lab or out of research and make it something more market ready. Something that a lot of universities are missing, I suppose. I know there's another program down there in UCC called the Ignite program. That's also sort of aiming at nurturing kind of young startups in the Cork area and specifically in UCC. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can get involved with it. Yeah, of course. So I actually was a participant in the Ignite program when I first graduated. And it's a nine-month program. It's really suited to somebody that really doesn't know anything about business. And I mean that in the respect of, you know, it's their first time doing a startup idea. It's headed up by um, the director, Eamon Curtin, who's a really nice guy. Um, you know, he has a lot of time for you and, and he, he definitely does his best to, to steer you in, in, in the right way. So again, this program is great. It's for people of all ages. You don't have to be a UCC graduate. You can be, you know, you can come from anywhere um, in Ireland or around the world, whatever you like. And they really support you by giving you different mentors, you know, giving you workshops and, and everything from how to raise funding to how to market your product. So for me, I find it massively valuable. I learned a lot in a short space of time. If you're somebody, you know, that maybe specifically wants to stay in Cork or, or Ireland, I, I definitely would um, recommend it. It sounds like you had a fantastic set of resources and a network available to you to help you pursue your idea further. But help us understand now, you're studying government in UCC, got involved with the entrepreneurial and social society, and now you're pursuing this idea, your yearbook in an incubator program, mm -hmm. Ignite. How did you go from that and transition into your current position at Connect Again? Talk us through that transition. Um, I think I'm naturally very impatient, which is definitely has its pranks, but it does have its negatives as well. So I suppose I was exposed to a lot of startups when I started your yearbook and I saw just how far you, you can go. And I knew that, you know, if you if, as a founder, if you want to build a company, you kind of have to get out of the office as well. So I started surrounding myself around some really great people and I felt that that was like the first step for me. So if, I, if I'm going to go and, and do this company, I, first of all, I need to be around people that have done it before, but I also need to, to get outside of Ireland. So I did um, another accelerator program in the UK called Ignite 100. And this was based between the UK and New York for three months. So we got to see like the global scale of actually how big Connect Game could be. So that kind of put mm -hmm. us under a lot of pressure and, you know, it made us get out of our comfort zone. Ireland's a pretty small place. So when you're kind of plopped in the US and the UK, you know, you think bigger, but it means you also have to work a lot harder. So I'm very mm -hmm. thankful for that. So again, if I, you know, if I could give any recommendations to any founders, it would be to get to see how big the global scale actually is. So moving on to Connect Again, give us your elevator pitch. So basically what we do, we provide alumni relations software to institutions. So what that means in, I suppose, simple language is that we help universities keep up to date with their alumni. So at the moment, you know, they're really stuck in the past. They have these big, huge platforms that are massively out of date. And more importantly, they're really hard to use. So they're not giving any university up-to-date information on their alumni. So they're really depending on all the alumni to go when they graduate and get a new email address to kind of get back in contact with them, what they're not really going to do. So what we do, we work with all the different social portals like Facebook and LinkedIn. And we actually allow the alumni to, to become involved in their terms so they can actually now engage with, with their alumni community using their Facebook and their LinkedIn. We just give them an easier way to, to re-engage back with their institution. That's great. And for, for our listeners that don't understand the, the real value in an alumni network, try and give us you know, a few main points. Like why is an alumni network so valuable to a university? 
I suppose it's different for for many universities. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty interesting in Ireland. So I mean, you know, all the universities here really want to keep engaged with their alumni to to have this invaluable community, so they can go and mm-hmm. they can you know help people um, recruit uh, for potential jobs or you know in the future time if if they want to get them back as speakers or mentors. But then, kind of in the UK and the US, is really about donations. You know, obviously every university wants to wants to make sure that they have they have enough money to, to actually run the university. We're actually allowing them now engage with their alumni on things that matter to them. So if you did engineering, you probably want to you know donate back to something to do with engineering or something that's relevant to you so that's kind of you know i think one of our value points is that we can allow the the alumni directors actually engage with their alumni about things that are meaningful for them you know i suppose the, the end goal for them is to get larger donations then as a as a result mm-hmm. so it's a suite of software tools that facilitates this sort of ease of updating the alumni network their contact details giving you a bunch of other tools you can use to interact with the alumni network as well as allow the alumni to interact with fellow alumni Mm, exactly so for things like finding finding a mentor i guess a lot of time people use it to find new jobs um as you said donating back it's a really powerful tool and it's definitely something that universities struggle with yes big time that's exactly it and i mean connect again for me started when i graduated so you know this didn't start because i thought of the alumni director this started because i really wanted access to my alumni community and what they were using it wasn't allowing me you know to really filter down where my alumni are around the world or where they're working or how to communicate with them. So this really started for, you know, the alumni, like why would I, as an alumni, create a profile? Why would I give back my information? Mm -hmm. And at Connect Again, we're giving people just a really unique portal to, you know, say, you know what, I want to be engaged with certain alumni about certain things. So we think it's super important for any university to be engaged with their alumni at every every stage, that when the time comes for an alumni to give back financially, that they feel that there's been a relationship established. The big problem in Europe and in, I suppose in Ireland in particular, that only 1% of um, Irish alumni donate back to the universities. And oh. this is kind of pretty alarming considering that, you know, government are cutting funding at the moment. So now more than ever, people are relying on their alumni to help them. But the problem is that universities have this really, really terrible um, cycle of just, you know, spamming their alumni. So sending graduate magazines to parental addresses when the alumni don't even live there anymore or not actually putting in the effort to find out where they're working, what they're doing. Sending out, you know, mails to hundreds of thousands of people and really expecting only like a 1% conversion rate. Whereas, you know, the tier one universities, the Stanford, the Notre Dame's, you know, they actually can understand, you know, we're going to engage with an alumni about something that's important to them, that's relevant to them. We're going to help them. That's what we need to learn in Ireland. So with Connect Again, we, we actually give them that service. We allow them to tag their alumni into certain categories. So they're actually understanding, you know, their relationship with the alumni before they ask them for something. It's kind of like, you know, getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You have to put in the groundwork first before you can actually ask them out on a date. You have to engage with somebody first. You're absolutely uh, redefining how the institutions interact with alumni. I mean, I've experienced both ends of the spectrum both at my home university in Ireland and the university here in the US. And a pretty pivotal aspect of Connect Again is kind of leveraging the the social networks to keep alumni information up to date. So that's definitely one aspect of it that cannot be underestimated. It's a fantastic Mm -hmm. benefit to have all this information updating automatically rather than having an office of people reaching out to people trying to make sure they have updated addresses, updated email addresses and all that. So you've spoken a bit about universities being a key customer. Who else Mm -hmm. are you marketing this platform to? So we've started actually in the corporate market as well. It's actually super essential for, you know, for corporates such as like big banks, you know, tech companies, Mm -hmm. consultancy firms to actually have a relationship with their alumni. Now more than ever, corporates are looking at their alumni not only as like brand ambassadors, but also as as recruitment tools and potential clients within the future. 
and it takes between three to five years to establish a really good alumni community base. So kind of now is the time to start. At the moment, companies keep up with their alumni in different ways, such as, you know, like Slack, um, some other, you know, Salesforce is a big one as well. So people are starting to actually realize the potential of their alumni. So it's a pretty exciting space to be in as a result. We're already working with some cool corporate clients who, you know, are really ready to start communicating with their alumni on portals that they're used to, you know, the social media portals out there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a growing market. Um, I mean, like one potential client for us is it would be somebody like Goldman Sachs. They have half a million um, alumni around the world. It's like a university. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely massive, but they have no portal at the moment to keep up to date with their alumni in a way that's efficient to them. But then another market, like one of our clients is actually Dogpatch, the office space that we're in, and they have offices all around the world. So they wanted a portal that all their um, companies could actually go and engage with and all their alumni companies as well. And there's been companies, you know, like Instagram and Intercom and others that have started, you know, their their, their company in Dogpatch. So, you know, for any company to be a Dogpatch company, you know, you now have access to all these amazing companies. It's pretty unique. It's not, it doesn't just apply to academic institutions. You got all these other use cases where an alumni network is extremely valuable. So that's Connect Again in a nutshell. You've talked to us about some of the functionality. So just to bring us all up to speed, could you give us a brief timeline of when it was founded, when you launched your first product, how many customers you're currently serving? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have been up for about 18 months. We have a team now of eight and we're going to be building that out to 15 people in the next kind of three to four months. So we've got a base here in Dublin, Ireland, and then we've got a base over in San Francisco and Redwood City where our sales team sit. Um, So we've got customers already um, in the UK, Ireland, the US, Denmark, and we have a couple of others coming on at the moment from like South Africa, Australia, um, a couple of others, which is pretty exciting for us. It's been a, a definitely um, an exciting 18 month journey. It's definitely been been hard work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, as I said, you know, we're, we're, we're really excited by by this market. It seems to be just be growing all the time. So we want to make sure that we become the number one alumni relations software provider right there. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So even after, you know, 18 months, you seem to have a pretty big team and you're on the up. So all around sounds like great progress and plenty of growth in store for you in the coming months. We hope so. Yeah. Great. So in past episodes, we try to identify some of the barriers that the Irish entrepreneurs have faced and maybe some ways they mitigated these and helped them to overcome the challenges as they grew their organization. So in the last 18 months, as you took Connect Again from a concept to a product, what were some of the key barriers that you experienced? And maybe we can focus in on one. Yes, good question. Um, I think every startup has their own kind of personal challenges that are quite different to them. But for us, it was actually having the right technology team. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of startups get caught up in raising money at the very beginning and, you know, trying to sell the product. And we were one of these startups that fell into that category. We took our eye off actually building a really great product. So we were playing catch up as a result. I suppose if I could if I could look back and change one thing, it would be hiring, you know, a really, really experienced tech team and making sure that our platform was really stable before we went out selling. Mm-hmm. And I guess in this space of, you know, selling to universities, a lot of them are probably on legacy software and some like bigger enterprise software. How did you guys as a small startup go out there and convince them to convert onto onto your software something that's relatively new in the market that doesn't necessarily have like a long history of success that they can read up on? Um, so I think this is kind of an exciting time to be startup because I think big companies want to be associated now more than ever with startups. They almost kind of want to put their claim to fame that if that startup becomes famous or does really well that they can say, well, we are one of their first clients. 
So I think in many ways, if startups can can play to that um, strength, I think, you know, that that's incredibly important that you can kind of say, you know, let's become an innovation partner. We, we, we've chosen you to beta this product instead of any other company, even though you could have went to 50 other potential clients and they said no. If you mm-hmm. give that perception that you're selecting this company to try out your product and, and sell it off that way, I think it's brilliant. But again, that was a challenge for us because it's a big risk for any company out there to, to take a risk on your software when, you know, you're new, it hasn't really been validated. And then there is that whole different discussion around, you know, when you're a young startup, um, people will look at you differently. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think we, we are, one of our first uh, customers was LIT. Um, they were an incredible customer to work with. They trusted us completely. But again, that took maybe like five or six meetings, you know, face to face, me driving up to Limerick from Dublin going to meet with them and convincing them that this was the right thing to do and they went from a trial customer to, to like an annual customer because mm-hmm. they trusted us and they loved their product so I suppose to sum it up if you can play to the strength of, of you know that you're going to be involved um, on this startup journey and secondly if you can even give your platform away for free that's mm-hmm. also pretty good at, um, at the start. Yeah that's fantastic and we heard in a previous episode about a similar sales model and that you give them the product free give them the opportunity to see the value and see the returns before they ever get charged and um, that that seems like a fantastic opportunity so do you want to give us a quick uh, insight into into your business model how that sort of free to premium option works yeah of course so i suppose i'm playing devil ad um get in, in some way because as much as i'm up for giving somebody something for free mm-hmm. um i'd also you know say that with caution that you don't want to devalue your product mm-hmm. so if you're going to give something away for free make sure that there's a limit on it that you know you make sure that both parties understand that if you give something away for free if they're happy after the 21 day trial or whatever that they'll sign on as a customer so you know what you're getting from you know giving your product away for free mm-hmm. um but our business model has changed and I say we'll continue on changing. I think that's kind of part and parcel of, you know, still being in that startup bracket. But the way we charge at the moment is that there's a $5,000 flat fee for our platform and then it's charged by, by how many alumni you have then in, in your database. So we try to keep it super simple to make sure that, you know, ticks the boxes for all the different types of customers out there. You're only paying for the value that you're getting. I think a lot of these systems are priced on the size of your organization, um, irrespective of how much you're actually using it. But I think your pricing model is more respective of how much they're using it and how many actual alumni that they're able to get into their system and track. That's fantastic. Exactly. So that's Connect Again, a great suite of tools for alumni relations and helping you, you know, just track your alumni body more easily and more efficiently. The power of the alumni network is something that seems to be a recurring theme in some of these podcasts. So even though Connect Again is based on nurturing of an alumni network, how important was the alumni network of UCC for you in your pursuit of this idea? What were some of the the, the key interactions you had that helped you accelerate the growth of Connect Again? So this is probably um, an answer you wouldn't expect, but I actually think the alumni community in UCC is really bad. Um, And it is continued to be really, really bad. So unfortunately, I haven't been able to even leverage my own network because the the software that they use, um, it's still very, very out of date. So I still can't get access to say my alumni in in San Francisco when I'm there. It's unfortunately down to me searching on LinkedIn for a couple of hours trying to find who the right person is. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, for me, I'm quite lucky that I have a very strong network here in in Dublin. So, you know, I'm very lucky to, to be surrounded around people that will keep you know, give me recommendations of people to meet. But I suppose our first mentor um, was a guy called Connor Murphy. Uh, he was a UCC alum. He did computer science and I met him at a startup weekend and he was incredibly important. 
to to us at the very beginning mm-hmm. and it was really important for him to be a UCC alum so as a result he introduced me to other UCC alumni out there but in regards to actually depending my alumni office mm-hmm. um, they just didn't have the information that they could give me but that's been one of the number one lessons I've learned your network is probably one of the most crucial things to you at the very beginning mm-hmm. getting a referral or re- recommendation to somebody is incredibly important yeah for sure so it sounds like you have personal experience with bad alumni network and it, it must be just a driving force to create an even better product exactly so that wraps up the connect again section i know you have a, a new product being released uh, recently so exciting times i know you'll probably be very busy in the next week yeah. do you have anything else in the pipeline jane as we talk about entrepreneurship yeah so i suppose i am um, because i'm a female founder we we get to experience a lot of different things some some amazing things um some things that aren't so great and i suppose i've been really super fortunate to to meet a lot of great people and hear a lot of stories and you know i'm a big believer that you know if you can learn from other people's mistakes you know you're going to be the, the, the better person for it so mm-hmm. i kind of really felt that because i gained so much in a short space of time and if i would have known what i know now 18 months ago it really would have changed a lot in connect again and even myself um and i've met a lot of female founders over, over the past couple of, of months and I found that people kept asking the same questions about the same thing. So I kind of just felt that I wanted to, to do a blog to answer questions that people might be having, but also in a way to encourage females to get out there, take the risk, go for it. But I wanted to be a bit different about the blog. I didn't want it to be just about me and connect again. Um, so what I do is I get different female leaders from all around the world to go and tell their story. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. But just to really, you know, not sugarcoat anything, I think one of the most dangerous things about a startup is that perception is seen as reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really not the case whatsoever. So the more that people can normalize, you know, that it's okay that if you pitch one investor and if you don't get funding, that's actually okay. People sometimes think that these things come easy and they don't. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's kind of the aim, just to give people a bit of a sneak peek into actually what, what does happen. Great. So what's the name of the blog? So uh, wasallyellow.com. Great. So check that out. We'll have the link to that in our show notes uh, just for all our listeners. So, yeah, I mean, um, female entrepreneurship in Ireland is definitely, you know, something that's pretty prominent. Um, while I was at Notre Dame, we hosted the ENY Entrepreneur of the Year um, CEO retreat. And, you know, a large proportion of them were, were female. Who are some of the female founders to watch? Who's capturing your attention in Ireland at the moment? So I suppose one of the big ones um, would be Cool Beans by a girl called Sarah O'Connor. She's actually the, the current program manager at the EOY Entrepreneur of the Year. So okay. she's absolutely brilliant. So I think she, she's going to do some super things. Um, so who are the others? God, there's so many. There would be Food Cloud. They're another company um, in Ireland and they work with all the big brands like Tesco and, and Super Value and they take any food that's not used and they dispense it back out to any of the homeless communities so I think that's a super powerful one um, there's also a girl called Jane she is um, CEO of a company called Sugru I can never pronounce their company name right mm-hmm. they're actually based in the UK they're okay. a super company they're just kind of the main ones um, for me um, at the moment that are doing phenomenal but I suppose one of the other big ones would be a girl called Kim Fame she's one of the VCs and frontline ventures she's only 23 and she's just an absolute rock star oh cool cool well, that's that's a that's a great list, and it sounds like you have plenty of people to feature in your blog. So, living the busy life of an entrepreneur, flying between Dublin and San Francisco, what do you do in your spare time? Yeah, so I've just got involved with a charity called Plan Ireland, and they are just an incredible charity. 
they're they're mainly based in in Dublin, mm-hmm. um, but they you know they're really working towards children's rights, and they've got campaigns coming up that are just dedicated to making sure that girls get education. And it's something that I've become really passionate about. So I'm actually going to Sh- uh, Sri Lanka with them in January to go and visit some of the sites that you know, they've actually made a difference in, and getting to meet some of the amazing people out there and seeing what difference Plan Ireland has made to them. Mm-hmm. So I've just started that. Um, so for me, that's something that I think is really important. I think the busier you get, the, the more important it is to give back and to, to help and with your skills in, in any way you can. Mm-hmm. I actually do a lot of kite surfing when I can. Um, cool, cool. But I do that mainly in San Francisco because it's a lot warmer there than it is here in Ireland. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, no, I spend a, um, a lot of time with my friends. Um, the startup world, it's, it's, it's very crazy. So I think it's super important that you have your friends and your family to spend time with and press the pause button as much as you can so i think now we'll move on to this quick fire round just a, a few quick questions uh, we try and pick the brains of our interviewees so we all have a bunch of apps or web resources that we rely on heavily to get us through the workday. what's something that you can't live without whether it's an app or a web resource uh so i have, I have actually two what, number one is spotify i just can't do any work with their music so that's great and i like mm-hmm. that i can go and steal other people's playlists Oh, so yeah. that's uh, really important because it does seem more annoying when you forget your headphones. And then the second one is I absolutely love my fitness app because mm-hmm. I obviously don't get that much time to do fitness. So it's great to know that if I'm walking somewhere that I actually have an aim that I don't feel too bad about myself when I have my 10th cup of coffee that day. <laughs> um, they'd be the, the two ones at the moment anyway that would stand out. There we go. Sounds good. On to the next question. So... Irish-based startups are pretty much the the core of this podcast and sharing the stories of founders at home and abroad. What are some of the the startups at home and abroad that are really capturing your attention? So in Ireland at the moment, they're just a new company called Mustard. They just finished the NDRC. And I just think they're a really interesting company. They work really hard. They're not into, you know, trying to get their name out there by winning competitions. They're out there getting customers and, you know, they're really doing it by hard work, which I have a lot of respect for. Mm -hmm. So what they do is that, you know, they're really trying to disrupt this whole kind of recruitment market. Um, And I haven't really seen a model like it before. So I think I think that they're going to do quite well. So I think it'll be interesting to, to, to keep an eye on them in the next kind of couple of months. And I think abroad for me, I think one of the best companies in the world really is um, Intercom. They're an Irish company. Um, I think their founding team is incredibly special. And I think they, you know, as much as I hate this term, they are definitely, I think in my it's going to be a unicorn company. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, they're three or four years old. They've got a team of over 150. And they're, you know, like anybody that I know in this tech space is using them. So I think they're an incredible Irish company abroad and they're based in um, San Francisco. Cool. Just Googling them here. So they, they seem to be this new wave of social CRM systems. So they're helping yep. the, any internet business interact with their customers through any platform. So I think, uh, yeah, very, very hot space. Um, so Intercom and Mustard, they're ones to watch. The Irish, yeah. Irish companies at home and abroad. All right. Thanks very much for joining us today, Jane. It's been fantastic to hear about Connect Again and your progress in as little as 18 months. You've, you know, expanded to San Francisco, put together a pretty big team. And as you said, you're constantly growing. New product released recently, as well as plans to expand that team significantly in several months. So sounds like you're in a pretty good place and wish you all the best in the coming months. Thank you so much. Great. So for all the show notes from today's show, head on over to Irish Startup Nation and you'll find links to all the companies and links that we've spoken about today. And it'll also be some contact information for Jane as well.